You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the doing okay Desiree. <laughs> doing okay. To doing okay Desiree. There we go. Yeah, I like that. I was I was going to start singing Underdog. But... Mm, underdog. I used to really like Underdog when I was a kid. It came on at like 5 o'clock in the morning and I'd get I up and I'd watch it. it was 6 in the morning. Maybe it was 6. I don't know, but it, it was really early for a kid. It was super so. early. I remember being upset if I didn't wake up in time to... Mm-hmm. Yep. Was the only one in my family that liked it, but nobody else was going to be up at that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what today is? Uh, you can sing a song while you listen to this episode. Sing. You can sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall, and every time you get to another bottle of beer, you can listen to another episode of no Outlandish Outcast. I wonder why Outcasts. you wanted to get some beer for it tonight. It is nine, episode 99. Of 99. This Are we going to do anything fun for the 100th? I don't know. Me either. Betsy's calling me. Weird. <laughs> anyway. Betsy, we just ignored your call. Yep. Sorry. sorry. I'll talk to you after the show. I'm sure you'll hear this too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, episode 100 in a couple of weeks. It should be fun. I don't know what we'll talk about. I don't know if we'll do anything special, but maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. See, see what we can think of. We're, we've got a really busy, jam packed summer. It's tough to think of. Off the wall stuff sometimes when we're really so busy, I have off the wall stuff today. Oh, do you? Well, like stories. Yeah, nothing wrong with off the wall stories. I like off the wall. Okay, well, I am first this week. That's why I'm with you. And I kind of mentioned this story to you yesterday and told you a little bit about it, but like I remember. But I'm gonna give <laughs> I'm gonna give you the details and stuff because it's a really interesting story. Okay. Kind of anyway. It's and it's just it's kind of sad. You know. Is it a cop story? It's it's a crime story. Not a cop story. That but you a crime watched story. on one of your videos. Yeah, I watched a I watched an interrogation video for this one. So Oh my. Anyway. I know what you're talking about. My story now. starts on December third, nineteen fifty seven. Uh, Maria Ridolph went missing. Uh, she disappeared from a street corner in Sycamore, Illinois. And five months later, her remains were found 100 miles away. Aww. Yeah, that's very sad, obviously. Um, Seven-year-old Maria was playing with her best friend, Kathy, on the first snowfall of the year when a mysterious man offered Maria a piggyback ride. Who doesn't want a piggyback ride exactly. for real? Exactly. Uh, Maria's friend, Kathy, was the last to see Maria alive, and she saw... The strange man hoist Maria onto his back and then walked down the street. Kathy decided, well, it's really cold. I'm going to go get some gloves on and I'll come back out and I'll play with them. She went inside to get her gloves, came back out. Maria was gone. Um, She ran into Maria's house, said, I can't find Maria. I can't find Maria. The family thought she was playing hide and seek, something, you know, little Uh kids like to do. So a couple hours, it was a couple hours before they contacted the police, um, but eventually they did, and the FBI was brought in to. That's to weird, especially for it. saying. I'm sure she said a guy gave her a piggyback ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Weird. So, um, so the investigation at the time, they interviewed a bunch of people. They had some suspects, but they didn't have any hard proof. There were no, you know, Kathy, Maria's friend, had trouble 
identifying anybody as a suspect or anybody that did it. Well, it makes sense. You're little. You don't stop to think about oh, yeah. no, of course. Of what course. they look like. Of course. It'd be and like you know, asking you, who said hi to me? Dark hair, blonde hair? I don't know. I mean, not only is this a time before Amber Alerts, but there wasn't faces weren't even on milk cartons at this point. Uh-uh. You know, milk was in bottles, you know. So there wasn't a lot of outreach and ways to get the public notified to look out for a, for a kid. Um, 50 years after her death, uh, her body was exhumed and an autopsy was done. Um, and they concluded that she had been stabbed in the throat multiple times and that was, that was her cause of death. You think they would have known that though when... You'd think so. Um, but yeah. Um, at the time, John Tessier was the top suspect. Wait, did they have the body 50 years prior? They found they, it 100 days after she disappeared. 100 days. Did yeah. I miss that? But they Whoa. they exhumed the body to do an autopsy and run DNA tests on they yeah, they had suspect sense, DNA. They didn't have DNA so back they, then. So they they were running DNA tests. Um John Tessier was the top suspect at the time. Um but like I said they didn't have you know, p- the people in the neighborhood said he was kind of creepy and you know would give girls piggyback rides in the neighborhood. He was mm-hmm. known for that, but they didn't have any other solid evidence to, 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 to move forward with it. So, you know, time moves on as, as it does. And in 1994, John's mother is on her deathbed and she tells her daughter, you need to contact the police and let them know John killed that little girl. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, John's sister, Janet, spent the next, spent until 2008, so from 1994 until 2008, begging police to reopen the case, reopen the case. Please look into this. Please look into this. Wow. In 2008, they finally did. They reopened the case um, and interviewed everybody they could who remembered, you know, anything. Uh, They got a hold of Kathy. Maria's friend and showed her a picture of showed her John's graduation picture when he graduated high school and said that's him that's that's the guy that's the guy she says so they figure well you know that's you know looks like we might have our guy here we've got a a mother's deathbed confession saying he did it now you need to take the mother's confession with a grain of salt they had a very um rocky relationship a lot of abuse in the family he did not attend her funeral like it wasn't exactly a good relationship but so i'm sure knows? she probably saw blood on his clothes maybe yeah. started pointing fingers at him he was like you're my mother you're supposed to believe me that could have been the whole thing to start it it's possible now there is a i watched a lengthy video it was a couple hours long of his interrogation when the detectives were interrogating him in in uh, 2008 um, they called him in. He went in voluntarily. Um, he gave DNA samples. He offered to take a lie detector test, and he kind of took a lie detector test. <laughs> um, but during that interrogation, he is very flat out, says, I will talk about this girl's disappearance and anything I can do to help, but that's it. I will not answer any questions about anything else. And the defect- detectives and the lie detector person kept asking him, is it true that you had a sexual relationship with your nine-year-old sister when you were 17? 
He re- kept family re- problems. Kept refusing to answer those question. That question. He did go to jail in his thirties for a indecent relationship with a younger child. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I can't get into the extension of it. He, he was. He's only spent a couple of years in jail. Um, huh. And that seems to be the only issue he had was that one. Inc- well, that he was caught for anyway was that uh-huh. incident or whatever. Um. But anyway, he, you know, the the interrogation, he is very, like, a, an hour and a half in interrogation, I would have, you know, you, you could guarantee this guy did it. It's horrible. Like, just the way he answers every question and the evidence that they have and that they present during this interrogation. The one thing he does keep saying is, I have an alibi. I have an alibi. I was signing up to join the Air Force that day. In Rockford, Illinois, you know, 35, 45 minutes away, I, you know, I was there. I was there. But somehow, even though there is evidence, there is evidence of this, that he was in Rockford and that he was talking to Air Force recruiters. The FBI did, at the time of the disappearance, interviewed the Air Force recruiters. They confirmed, yes, he was in her office. There was a collect call that he placed from Rockford right around the time of the kidnapping, a half hour away. That was confirmed to be the case. But somehow the prosecutor is able to get all that information suppressed. So a jury's not allowed to hear it. Hmm. So he goes to court. Um, Kathy testifies saying it's him. Two inmates testify that he told them while they were in jail you know, jailhouse confessions that, you know, he did it. And he gets sentenced to life in prison. And then (laughs) in... I'm confused. In 2016, um, the state's attorney uh, for Illinois, Richard Schmack, reviewed the evidence and discovered that there is no way he killed Maria that the evidence was insurmountable, that he could not have done it, but this evidence was suppressed and not seen by the jury. And not only was he released from jail and, you know, his conviction overturned to not guilty, a judge not only overturned it to not guilty, but pronounced him innocent of this crime. I'm not saying this guy's a great guy. He's got a checkered past. He probably did many things he wasn't proud of, and I wouldn't like... But it is 100% for sure he did not kidnap that little girl. And he, uh, he went to jail. Luckily, I mean, I don't know if you can say luckily about somebody going to jail, but he only spent eight years behind bars for this when it could have been 60 years because that's how long it had been since the, since the kidnapping happened. But this is still an unsolved case now. At the time of his conviction, it was the oldest cold case ever solved. But as we know now... It is not a solved That's case. crazy. Like, yeah. my mind's just blown. But you can't always go off no. of... My mind was blown when I got to the end of this end of this video and they, you know, release all the details about, you know, that, you know, he was innocent. He didn't do it. And you're just like, what? I just spent the last hour and a half listening to this detective and the guy himself convince me that he did it. Well, <laughs> that's know? their job, though. No, I know that's their job. I, the only part that really bothers me a little bit is they did have this evidence. Now, a jury didn't see it, 
But the prosecutor did. The detectives did. They get paid to, convict, to win. To win. I know. I know. I know. I know. You don't get paid. But if you've got. If you lose. If you've got evidence of somebody's innocence staring you in the face. That's why they say lawyers are the people who sell their soul to yeah, the devil. Yeah. 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 I guess. I guess. I guess. Because they will lie. They I will guess. do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Anyway. So, that, that is the case sad. of Maria Ridolph and John Tasser. And Didn't they do DNA? They did. They found no DNA on her at all. No DNA, none of John's DNA on her at all. Nobody. But they else's had. They DNA. didn't have anybody's DNA. They had a number of suspects' DNA. None of them were found on on Maria. So they did find DNA on her. I no, they didn't find any foreign DNA on her. Like, so why did they do DNA testing? They exhumed the body to do the testing just to look they for. They took DNA. his DNA. Yes, they took his DNA. But why? Because they took his DNA before they exhumed the body. That's why they exhumed oh, the body was because okay. they took his DNA. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. I only know what you told yep. me. No, so. that's, that's why they exhumed the body because they wanted to start do DNA testing. And he was one of the people they had DNA samples from. They were comparing things against. I just assume that they had some DNA off of her. That's why they no. took his DNA. Nope. Okay, then. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Okay. So my first story, it's going to lighten the the air a little bit. Well, that's good. So, you remember Andre the Giant? Of course I do. And you remember I just watched WrestleMania 3 the other day. <laughs> God. <laughs> and you remember the Princess Bride? Of course I do. And there is a meme with Andre the Giant and the Princess Bride. Have you ever seen this? Maybe. Okay. So, on the set of The Princess Bride, Andre the Giant once let out a 16-second fart and brought production to a standstill. Nobody said anything except director Rob Reiner, who said, Are you okay, Andre? To which he replied, I am now, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like this little meme that goes around like that. I've, I've never seen this, but I have heard a story of similar to this, except he was in the backseat of somebody's car drinking a 12-pack of beer, and this, they choked everybody out of the car. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So w- was this off of the HBO documentary by chance? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it could have been. Well, It was a long time ago. I have a video that I plan to play um, from the, the, what did I just say? The HBO HBO doc. I can't even talk. Okay. So Andre Rene Rosimoff, I've never heard his middle or last name, but he's French. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a large man. He was about 700 or he was about 700 feet tall. Oh my God. (laughs) He was large. I don't think he was quite that large. So he was more than seven feet tall, 500 pounds, and a French actor and wrestler, as I knew him growing Mm -hmm. up, the wrestler, um, earned the name Andre the Giant. And it wasn't just his size that was seemingly larger than life. According to his friends and co-stars, so was his farts. (laughs) So a popular meme that I had just read... um, is a story that took place on the set of The Princess Bride. Um, and they can't, nobody can verify the incident actually took place because it wasn't actually recorded. Mm-hmm. They didn't catch it on tape. Yeah. Um, 
But we can say that many of Andre the Giant's friends and co-stars have told similar stories about his his fantastic acts it. of flatulence. Um, so there's a clip in this link from the H- HBO documentary mm-hmm. from 2018. I'm just going to play it. And this is the story is written by his co-worker, um, co-star mm-hmm. in The Princess Bride. However, um, this documentary is from the WWE from back or WWF from back in the day. You're so, not allowed to say the F anymore. They don't let you. <laughs> well, when all these people were there, it was WWF. I know, but they're not even allowed to say that anymore. They're not. Even when they refer to the past. But I, well, I Of course will. you can. The World Wildlife Foundation is not going to sue you. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't they the WLF? Anyways, anyways. Okay, so here's the documentary. Well, hopefully I have my volume all the way up. Andre so enjoyed flatulence. When he passed gas, it was, it was an event. Flatulence, that was his trademark. And he had a real knack for lifting his left leg. I would see him go into the launch position and I'd say, oh my God, here it comes. <laughs> he never heard anything like it. It sounded like, you know, like a deep roar kind of like thing. It would rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan, if anyone the sound knows. of of Andre taking a fart. Well, they were loud. Big man, big fart. You'd love to get you in an elevator and cut one of those long thirty-second farts that sound like skin was flapping together. I remember every once in a while we'd charter a plane, but to see the pilots, you know, almost like somebody gets smoke in their eyes. I'm like, you're gonna wreck the plane, Andre. You can't <laughs> fart like that. Your hands and the pilots would be. GD this, F that, God, never, never on this plane again. Oh, that's hilarious. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, part of that reminded me of home life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I feel like he's part of the family. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, his past co-star, El Wives, wrote um, in a book, We've got the moment where I wake up from being mostly dead and say, I'll beat you apart, or I'll beat you both apart. I'll take you both together. And then Fezzik, the mm-hmm. giant, um, cups my mouth with his hand and answers in his own question to Inigo. Was it Inigo? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was something else. Anyways, um, as I as to how long it might be before... Miracle Max's pill began to take effect by stating, I guess not very long. As soon as we delivered that line, there issued forth from Andre one of the most monumental farts any one of us have ever heard. Now I suppose you wouldn't expect a man of Andre's proportions to pass gas quietly or unobtrusively, but this particular one was truly epic. A versatile symphony of gastric distress that roared for more than several seconds and shook the very foundation of the wood and plaster set we both were were now grabbing onto out of sheer fear. It was long enough and loud enough that every member of the crew had time to stop what they were doing and take notice. All that I can say is that it was a wind that could have held up in comparison to one of Slim Pickens' 
eminent in the campfire scene in Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles, widely acknowledged as the champion of all Cinemax farts. And then he continued to say, writing that the cast and the crew were beset with serious case of giggles that ruined the next few takes. Eventually, director Ron Reiner stepped in and tried to get everyone back on track. He then turned to Andre and asked if he was okay and if he needed a break. Andre responded, no, boss, I'm okay now, (laughs) (laughs) which set off another round of laughter. Um, He continued to write, we tried a few more takes, but they were all in vain. Every time I would think I was past it, I'd look at Andre and his big smile grin and the the smoking hairpiece and the giggles would erupt all over again between myself, Mandy, and Andre. Finally, Rob realized that someone had to try to get the scene back on track. Okay, guys, let's try it again, he said. Andre, are you okay? You need to take a break. No, boss, I'm okay, he paused now. Mm -hmm. He paused now. (laughs) Uh, More laughter, even from Andre. The actor finally gained their composures, according to... Uh, Elwes, I'm saying his last name wrong, after Reiner told them to put themselves in Andre's shoes and picture that everyone was laughing at them. This stopped the giggles, but also made um, Elwes feel awful about laughing at his co-star. So That's hilarious. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, this isn't one incident for that no. long, but yet people talked about this all the mm-hmm. time. Like, so... Uh, after I read this, I was telling the kids upstairs, I was like, my goal <laughs> <laughs> is to get the into the Guinness Book of World Records funny. for the world's longest fart. That's funny. I love listening to people like wrestlers talk about what it was like to work with Andre and how lovable of a person he oh, was. Yeah. And like, it, 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 you can just see it in their eyes when they talk about him. They all, everybody lights up as they talk about Andre. Like, like a big old teddy bear exactly. is what he was. As scary as he was, yep. he was a big old teddy bear. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Anyway. So I hope that lightened up the mood. No, I'm going to bring bit. us back down. No. I'm what kidding. the hell, Alan? <laughs> I'm not bringing us back down. I got a, uh, a story here about an interesting company. An interesting company. Yeah, this company is based out of Washington State. Washington. And the name of the company is Live Eye Surveillance. Okay. Um, is this our new security system? They we're not paying for this, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Live Eye is used um, by many businesses, including 7-Eleven, Shell, Dairy Queen, and Holiday Inn. Okay. Um, their unique business model is they—they're a closed caption camera, you know, company. Okay. Um. So they put up their cameras in your store, or your business, or whatever, and um, somebody in India is monitoring twenty-four-seven, monitoring as, as your long store. As we know, yeah. Um. Oh no, they are. They are. Oh. They also have audio control. From India. So they can just start speaking at any time? Yes. Oh my God, that and would be creepy. And they are instructed if they're ever to see somebody doing something illegal to yell at them and tell them to stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. So if we walked into a 7-Eleven and put something in our pocket, you the cameras You could get yelled at from s- India, yes. I'd been like, I've always heard about this. I was testing <laughs> it to see if it was true. 
It's true. <laughs> no, not all 7-Elevens use it, but some do. Um, it, there's a little bit of controversy um, behind this company. First of all, it's $399 a month for their service. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. for but if, if you're a business if you're and you're protecting your business. If you're in a busy area yeah. and you seem to be... If it's that much of a problem. Getting... You have a lot of sticky fingers yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. Um, but one of the... one of, There was a case that kind of shed some light on what might be a problem is it was at a 7-Eleven. Guy comes in with a sawed-off shotgun, points it at the clerk. And the next thing he knows, the camera's telling him the police are on the way, so he shot the clerk. <gasps> if the camera didn't say anything, the clerk was in the was in the motions of opening the drawer and giving the money like they're supposed to. You know, you, you aren't going to give away your life for whatever's in the till. Um, and probably would still be alive if it wasn't for the person on the other end of that camera opening their maybe, mouth. Maybe, because he could be I mean, maybe. shot it's, uh, after he of got course, all the money. Of course, it's possible, but they it obviously can be seen as a way to, you know... Aggravate Aggravate somebody, somebody by yelling at them, you know, telling them the police are on the way. Um, yeah, so that was kind of sad. But I just, you know, there's all these camera companies out there now and... Uh, some interesting stuff that everybody seems to be doing. You've got, you know, Ring sharing their information with local police departments. And, you know, I some people are okay with that. Some aren't. I can understand both sides of it. You've got other camera companies, you know, are using, you know, their, the fact that they don't share any information as a sales tactic. And this one happens to be using, you know, we have a live person watching you 24 hours a day and they'll yell at you if you need to. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> One thing um, 7-Eleven did say is they've had a very large reduction in employee theft because they don't have, because Ew. they get stopped right away instead of, okay, they stole some money. Now we got to go back and look at the tape. Now we got to, you know, take them to court or fire them and all this stuff. We're not where with this camera system, it's cut down on that a lot because instead it's just somebody behind the camera saying, hey, I see you. You're, I see what you're doing. <laughs> oh my and gosh. they put the money back and, you know, they don't end up having to go through all the rigmarole of trying to get the money back through the court system. That's crazy. So, yeah, uh, live eye surveillance out of Washington. If you've got $399 a month, you can have them monitor your business. <laughs> mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Depends on the type of business I end up going with. It's, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an That's interesting idea. Definitely interesting. So, my next story, you know what a pixie is? A pixie. Not really. You don't know what a pixie is? I'm thinking of a fairy. Well, at least you know there's a difference. Okay. Because um, I remember this story, you know, Peter Pan. Yeah. And he called Tinkerbell a pixie. Mm -hmm. He did. She's a fairy. Okay. But it's pixie dust. It wasn't fairy dust. It was pixie dust. Am I remembering this wrong? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to look at it. I think of pixie sticks. (laughs) Mm, Sugar. Sugar. (laughs) So anyways, there is this man who believes in pixies. He sits in the woods with a camera and Oz internet with footage. Hmm. So it is safe to say that most of us grew up reading storybooks as children. We've heard of different stories about kingdoms and worlds that are different apart from our own, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we encountered stories with many interesting carries characters <laughs> from princesses to princesses. And I'm like getting tongue-tied to personified animals in fables. Personified animals Person. in fables. Mm-hmm. Um, tongue-tied. We also entered interesting stories of mystical creatures. These creatures are said to be among us. Some say these creatures live on Earth before we humans entirely inhibited all land. But knowing that this is fiction and our words or worlds in storybooks aimed at children to teach a lesson, we n- never believe they could be real. But what if they are? Okay. Hmm. I mean, it's almost like Bigfoot, right? I guess. Bigfoot could be real. It's possible. I mean, there are videos out there, but nobody believes they're true. No, no, don't say nobody. Many people believe they're true. <laughs> okay. Most people don't believe they're true. You're correct. Because it's a whole scene to believe. Yes. Okay. So a man named Erwin Saunders is trying to prove pixies exist. He decided or dedicated an entire YouTube channel to his journey, which you, I went and watched a few of his videos. I'm going to have videos. to watch these. Um, he shows viewers how he baits them out using sweets and seeds because he believes pixies love them. In a particular video, he takes us on his first sighting of pixies. This is not his first time he saw one, though. This is just the first, first place time. he ever saw one. So he oh, took so we everybody don't get to... See the pixie. to we just get to see where yes, he you saw do. the pixie. Oh, okay. So during... This takes a lot of patience, or doing this takes a lot of patience and endurance. And you can see Erwin just sitting and waiting patiently. And he even says, I've been here for this many hours already Mm -hmm. and nothing yet. So I'm going to go move to this spot where I actually saw my first blah, 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 yada, yada. So hours have passed. And then he finally saw one and caught it on camera. They look just like how books describe them. To me, it looked like a naked owl, baby owl. Okay. So... Pixies are often described as small, wingless creatures with elf-like ears and are known to be colored green or wearing green, and they are often confused with fairies. Hmm. That's why when I asked you, but fairies have wings and they look more human, and um, pixies are also said to be more mischievous in nature. So That makes sense. um, From a video game. Fairies would steal your stuff, or pixies would steal your stuff. But that's from from the books, though. Yeah. But in the video, you can see this thing moving and how it moves quick. And it was like he was looking in one direction, and he had the camera facing over his shoulder to try to get a glimpse of this. But this is, in the video, what you see. So you guys can go to the link, and there is a video on this story. Um. But most folklores, folklores say they often play a few tricks on travelers, lead them astray in their journey. Um, and then after all, it's not every day that we see creatures we've only seen in storybooks. While we can all doubt this is real, mm-hmm. what if it is really real? Who like, knows? Who does knows? this mean that there is indeed a realm of unknown or seen by us? Maybe. I mean, there could be. It's possible. Many, you just it, never know. It's possible. I so, mean, we've talked about the 
culture of the people in Iceland who believe in the elves or in the woods or whatever. And like, it's, it's possible. But why would you, if there was something out there, why would you want to have the whole world know about it too? Because, you know, scientists will... Well, they'll just dissect them. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be cutting, them, cutting into them, of and course. That's what we do. See if they function like we do. That's what we do. So, yeah. yeah. I thought that was just kind of interesting. Pixies. It's one of those. I'm going to have to check out that YouTube channel and see what the videos are like. Definitely sure. can do that. Like this link will bring you to a video, which will bring you to his mm-hmm. channel. And it's interesting. There, I, I, I did watch more than one. Mm-hmm. But that one, I was like, I was watching it. The other ones, it didn't look like baby owls. Okay. But that one, it looked like a little baby owl except you could see little hands Mm -hmm. but it was like at first the way it was waddling and stuff i was like is that a baby owl as it first started coming out and then it like kind of turned to its side and i'm like that's not an owl Hmm. interesting i'll have to check it out i have to check it out definitely it was interesting to say the least my last story don't 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 bring us down not bringing us down I mean, there's a little tiny little sad piece. Oh, great. Just a tiny little sad piece. Is this another <laughs> criminal one? No. Uh, Rain Knuff is from Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. He contacted Guinness Book of World Records because he wanted to set a record. Biggest flatulence. No. He wanted the what record for the most naked skydiving jumps in 24 hours. What the bleep? <laughs> Why? Uh, Guinness Book of World Records says, well, we don't have a record for that currently, but... So all you need is one jump. No, and but he's like, but I'm not get, doing one because somebody might outdo me. They said, if you can get 25, we'll put you in our books. Oh, my gosh. So um, Knopf said, it's actual tradition, I did not know this, for skydivers to perform their 100th jump naked. I didn't know that. I'm not a skydiver. I don't ever plan to be a skydiver. But he came up with this idea of beating the world record and as a fundraiser for a mental health charity after the death of a recent friend who was a skydiver. And his friend was just about to get to his 100th jump, didn't make it, you know, didn't live that long. So he decided to put this together. Um, He... uh, Made he, he went he went up with his, his attempts and he completed sixty naked jumps over Weeping Water, Nebraska, and his attempt sixty sixty jumps in twenty four hours. Wow! And his attempt raised money for the Movember Foundation, which is a charity dedicated towards men's mental health and suicide nice. prevention. So, I thought that was really cool. You know, a neat way to to earn money. I had no idea that it's like tradition to jump naked on your 100th jump. Me either. I was thinking, why would you do that? (laughs) But, you know, now I understand. Like, I can't imagine jumping out of a plane, but doing it naked. Like, talk about free balling, I guess. (laughs) I wouldn't be free balling No, but like, oh. Funny. Well, that's pretty interesting, and that's an awesome story. I thought so, too. So my last story is about a woman that was captured on video attacking a McDonald's employee in Ohio. Ooh. This is recent, too. Crazy. I love crazy Karens attacking employees at McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sometimes I read this stuff, and it just blows my mind. I don't understand why somebody feels that they have the right to freak out like this, like, 
Why? Anyways. Anyways. Some people do. It drives me up a wall. Yeah. So, uh, Brian Allen is a guy that ran into get breakfast on Monday morning, uh, turned into something that he never thought he'd imagine seeing. Mm-hmm. So, he noticed a woman get upset over her order. He had stated, I heard her ask for a slushie with all three flavors mixed into one. And we know with pop, you some people will yeah. do that, but yeah. you do that on your own free will. Yeah. They don't do that for you. No. So, whereupon the manager informed her that they could not do that. She became increasingly irritated and combative and decided that she would go behind the counter and fix her own drink. Oh my gosh. So, Alan said... There was an exchange of words, and he started recording on his cell phone. I was concerned that she may start hurting somebody, so I started recording in case law enforcement needed the tape mm-hmm. for many kind of for any kind of evidence of the assault. Mm-hmm. And he said the video shows the woman behind the counter screaming and attacking two employees. At one point, the woman punches one of the workers and snatches the face mask off. Um, the woman later goes on. To the beverage machine in the restaurant dining room, fills up a cup of ice. She goes back behind the counter and throws the cup of ice at one of the workers and begins attacking her. And on the f- video, you can see the woman literally like push him, punch the manager in the face. Like you Crazy. see this. Uh, the wor- one of the workers takes the woman to the ground. Eventually, it wasn't the first two she attacked. It mm. was a third person. <laughs> takes a woman to the ground and continuously punches her. And I could see she's probably like freaked out of her mind. Like this lady is attacking us uh, and yeah. she's not going to stop. So her own defense mechanism yeah. came in like she hit me. I'm taking her down. Yeah. So uh, the police came and they arrested her. She was charged with two counts of misdemeanor assault. And she was in court on Tuesday like this Tuesday, mm-hmm. to face a judge and pled not guilty. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and she, th- there was bond that was set, and there's a court case coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, and All she's not allowed to return to, you want. and she's not allowed to return to the McDonald's location and to have any contact with the victims. Yeah. So, but it's like over a slushie. That's ridiculous. Like, like, what is the point of that? Like, I want what I want, and you're not going to give me what I want, so I'm so going to yeah. scream and hit you. Are you yeah. an idiot? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't like ever that just don't take no. Well, it's just crazy because we've we've read other stories mm-hmm. like this oh, yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't think I've read one that they actually like start assaulting the mcdonald's employees like yeah and not just one that's definitely more than one not usual but i've seen videos of customers literally reaching through the drive-thru window and grabbing people why because they weren't satisfied they couldn't get what they wanted like i just don't get it like you're there to serve them don't you you know that (laughs) you know you you oh it's ridiculous. It's you don't think ridiculous. there's a consequence that's going to be paid for that? Yeah, like, no. you do not have the right to put your hands on anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Some people think they have the right to do whatever they want, especially with people they deem to be lesser of 
than themselves. That's called a narcissist. Yeah, they I need agree. professional help. I agree. They do need <laughs> professional help. For sure. Oi. Anyway, if you think we need professional help, you I can send us an help. email to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. I'm always in need for professional help. Yes. If you're willing to give it for free, please <laughs> feel free to contact me. And if it's free, I think that's amateur help. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> Otherwise, you can come comment on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely like the page and share what whatever yes. we have to share or get the word out there like these guys are awesome you can find us on twitter at outlandish casts it's our little oddball well they're all oddballs but that's definitely the little oddball yes otherwise on instagram you can definitely come follow us there and love 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 us yes or leave a rating or review in whatever podcast application you're listening to this show on right now right now right now so right now next week 100 not next week okay two weeks from now (laughs) the next episode episode 100 of outlandish outcasts have a good week everybody bye